so for contracts today, we talked about consideration, and consideration is one of those things where I probably won't ever really seem to fully grasp it, but in principle, it's simple with a lot of complications. So the basic understanding isn't that bad to grasp, but there are a lot of scenarios where it could be difficult to decide whether or not this thing is a consideration. So, with that said, uh, the easiest way to say consideration is it's going to be one of those things where you say, I'll know it when I see it. And a consideration is pretty much the exchanges of items that people agree to exchange. So, for example, I say, I will sell you my house for $100,000. The house and the $100,000 are the considerations in this instance. I don't know why it's called a consideration, that's just what the term is, but what a consideration is in that, getting down deep into it, it's the value that the parties contemplate. So the if there's a value to this agreement, and the parties are contemplating thinking about those things well then that is the consideration so in the house and money exchange example i am thinking about this house i'm contemplating that this house has value and money also has value so that hundred thousand dollars is going to be a value however there are some things that are necessary for a consideration to be a consideration and that is I believe that there needs to be a promise meaning um, I promise you that I will give you my house for a thousand a hundred thousand dollars that may not be completely right there are a couple of different main ways main theories of understanding this uh, there's the benefit uh, versus the detriment I think where one party gains the benefit at the sacrifice of the other um, I don't really understand how that works. Uh, the second theory of consideration is that it's a bargain of exchange. And when we say bargaining, that's not negotiating. That's just saying we are agreeing that there is a value tied to this thing. So we have a couple of cases, a couple of examples. Uh, Hamer v. Sidway. And in this instance, it's a very old case, um, I believe 1800s. Uh, there's this uncle whose name is William, and he has a nephew whose name is William. And so this is kind of fitting, as my name is William, although that is a side tangent. Anyways, in this instance, the uncle, he's like, if you don't drink, smoke, chew, uh, gamble, I will give you $5,000 as long as you don't do those things before you're 21 years old. And the nephew, when he turned 21, he wrote his uncle and he said, Uncle, I did it. I didn't smoke, drink, chew. Where's my five grand? And the uncle's like, I'm super proud of you. However, I'm going to give you that money as time goes on and the uh, set it aside for when I think you're ready for it. And the nephew's like, all right. Not really happy about that, but I guess I'll go along with that. Well, the uncle died and the son didn't get his money before the uncle had passed, and so he's requesting his money now, trying to uh, claim that $5,000. And back then in lecture, we actually had a 
currency exchange with inflation and stuff. That's almost $90,000 today. So it's a lot of money that he didn't receive from this promise of his uncle. And I mean, I don't know why his uncle promised him that much money to begin with. But anyways, we can see here whether or not there's a consideration because the reason why there might not be a consideration in this instance is I believe that there is no value tied into... I'm not sure why there's no consideration. I'm just going to say why there... Oh, oh, oh. The reason why is because of the benefit and detriment. Uh, the defense here argues that there is no consideration because him not smoking, chewing, um, drinking, any of those kind of things was inherently good for him. And so he had no detriment because everything already benefited him. So he didn't have anything to consider. But the courts disagree and they say any damage or suspension or forbearance of a right will, will be sufficient to sustain a promise. So that means that his actions, because he willfully abstained from doing those actions, because he could have done those actions, but he abstained from it, that constitutes a consideration. Let's talk about another example. Um, there's Pensy Supply, Inc. The big takeaway from that one, I won't go into the facts, but the big takeaway from that is that if the parties contemplate that there is value, then that's going to be a consideration. Uh, the timing between that contemplation, the sequence of events, so to speak, doesn't matter when it comes to this principle. So if they degree, if they, there is agreement that there is value, then there's going to be a consideration. And bargaining does not need to be explicit in this. It can be implicit. Okay, our final case is Daughtery v. Salt. And this is another instance where a loving aunt is trying to gift some money upon a niece. What happened is that the guardian... And the nephew, I meant nephew, I apologize. Nephew and the um, and the guardian come to the place. The nephew at this point is eight years old. And the aunt is very pleased with this boy and says, Oh, I want to I wanna give you some money. I want to take care of you. I want to help you out. And so she promises that upon her death, the boy can receive $3,000. And she writes him this uh, promissory note. And that's just a note that says, I will give you this uh, value at a future date. Well, there are certain issues with this. There's complications. Uh, some jurisdictions accept promissory notes as consideration and others don't. Uh, there's a couple of words at the beginning of it that of a note that uh, courts will take as value I think it's something like for this value and that's pretty much saying this is going to be considered a consideration uh, however so they don't often it, it, it's really 50-50 so if you're ever wanting to have a donation to an individual don't do it in a promissory note if you can pay it in cash 
most preferably, uh, or put it in a trust or in a will. Uh, there are a couple disadvantages to a will, uh, meaning if your debts exceed your assets, then there won't be any money left over to pay out any of those obligations uh, towards family. They don't take as high priority. Um, but the biggest takeaway from that is really considerations can be pretty straightforward. There are better ways of doing things. There's good practices, there's better practices, and there's not so good practices. And we should always be striving for the better practices. And that's that's a little bit of an overview, an introduction, so to speak, of consideration. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice, and with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.